I went through six sets of missionaries and I finally got baptized in 99. We all got sealed together for all time and eternity. And that was just to be able to experience that with him and then get to bring the children in. It was awesome. This is Single Glimpse, where we get to know our single ward sisters and catch a glimpse of the love our Heavenly Father and Savior have for each of us. I'm Jenny Devlin, and today I'm chatting with Jennifer Richards. Do you go by Jennifer or Jen? Jennifer? Jennifer. Mostly Jennifer. Jennifer. Um, I have a few friends that call me Jen, but mostly Jennifer. And okay, so in the word, you do like a million things, right? I was looking up your callings, activities committee for the Relief Society, right? Yes. And then you also do stake activities, right? Yes. You bring all the fun. You're just the fun. In March, we'll have our daddy-daughter dance. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Are they still doing that this year? Yes, ma'am. March 19th. Cool. And I'm excited. Um, We're only allowed to do it every other year, um, which is the Harvest Ball. And we usually do that in November for adults. So this is our year to do Harvest Ball in 21. (laughs) I love the Harvest Ball. I always have so much fun. Okay, so tell me, go back a little bit. Where did you grow up? Where would you call home? I was born West Germany. Dad was in the service. We came home when I was six months old, and we lived in the big booming town of Bismarck, Missouri. We have a blinking red light at the four-way. We were very excited when we got the Dollar General. All of my dad's side of the family graduated from that high school. By the time I hit high school, my parents were no longer together, and so I moved in with my dad my freshman year to an even bigger booming town called Farmington. Um, The year I graduated from high school, we graduated with 242 kids. And if I would have stayed in Bismarck, there was 45. That was a real big pool of people right there. Girl, you have no idea. (laughs) How funny. So how did you meet your husband then? I was going through my divorce and back home, there's not a lot of decent jobs, especially for women, unless you want to do the traditional nursing home, nursing, work at a school, school teacher, that kind of thing. It's a, it's a, a small place. I needed to make man money. So my dad was the general foreman of the lead smelter. I wore a hard hat and still toed boots and <laughs> a full face Air Force respirator and worked at the Doe Run Company. And that's where I met my husband. Wow, you're amazing. It it was better than going to the gym. They paid me to sweat literally a hundred and some odd pounds off for real. We got together. I had a son already and he had his daughter or well, she was still baking, but she was going to be here soon. And so we met in December and started dating in January and moved in together in April and My divorce was final in July, and he proposed in September, and then it was like, you know, we need to figure out what we're going to do, so he decided to join the Army. Mm. So he joined the Army with three kids and was a PV2, (laughs) and our first duty station was Fort Riley, Kansas, and off we went. There you go, and you just started going from there. Is he still in the service then? He is in the reserves now. And you guys think you'll stay here? Do you like it here enough to stay (laughs) for long term? I really, really like small town. But 
for my girls, this is all they know. That I mean, going to school with 1,900 kids is is what they know. So I don't know. Um, I like to take little vacations and head back towards home to a little town called Lusterville, which is even smaller than my hometown. They don't even have a blinking light. There are 800 people in the county. <laughs> and the girls love it when we go down to visit. But I don't know that it would be something that they'd be willing to do permanently. <laughs> They're very excited. They just finally got um, their Dollar General about six months ago. <laughs> so, what do your days look like these days? You are a busy woman. <laughs> it's a little crazy. I mean, you know, having two in high school and then having one, you know, almost in junior high, it, it makes it, it makes it exciting. You know, we've got activities at church, they've got their sporting activities, and then, you know, you're still got to put a hot meal, decent meal on the table. And so, you know, I'm thankful that I switch off and trade off as often as I can. So tonight the husband cooked dinner. Um, he beat me home and I, it, I started this when he first joined the army. Um, I make a menu for two weeks and that's what I grocery shop from. And so all we have to do tonight when we start to settle in for the night is go in, figure out what we want to eat tomorrow night for dinner and pull it out of the freezer and we're good to go. I said that cuts down on a lot of the, oh, I got to stop by the store. Oh, I, you know, what are we going to have? kind of things that, you know, it takes time. And when you you live like we live, you ain't got that kind of time. <laughs> and so you said you work for a realtor, realtor company. Are you a realtor or you work with them? I have no desire to ever have my real estate license. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um, I work for an individual agent and she is actually the realtor that sold me my house when we moved here in 11. And I've worked for for just over six years. She's more than just my boss. I mean, we're friends, we're family, you know, we've gotten each other through some of the hardest times. I've, you know, I've gotten her through the death of her dad and, you know, the struggles with kids and grandkids and deaths of dogs and I mean, everything. So that's great. It's so helpful to like the people you work with and love the people you work with. <laughs> Don't want to go every day. If you could give those people listening one piece of advice from your life experience or the jobs and professions that you have done throughout your life, what would it be? Slow down. It's not going anywhere. Live it to the last breath, to the last minute, and get an education. That's what I've learned is I was so busy raising babies that life's gone. I'm 45. Yeah, I could still go get my degree, but I'm halfway there. I've got my certificate, but you know, it's not the same. Or for me, I guess me being who I, it, it doesn't feel the same. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's time to have babies. There, there's time to really, really pick the right guy mm -hmm. or right gal. Be selective and enjoy every minute of it. Such great advice. I think you yeah. realize that more and more as your kids get a little bit bigger. You're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> yes. Well, especially um, the adopted grandbaby is my boss's grandbaby. Okay. And if anybody from our ward has been watching, um, I'm, they've seen him in the pew with us and probably wondered where I acquired a child over COVID. And, uh, <laughs> and he is the sweetest thing. And I, I just, I dearly love him. But one full all day Sunday with him 
And it makes me glad that I don't have any in diapers anymore, that I don't have anybody potty training and everybody at my house for the most part can hit their mouth with their forks and, <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I miss, at times I miss mine being a little bit. There's a lot of advantages of them being the ages they are now. I love that. Let's talk about that a little bit because I think those people with younger kids, I know before my kids got older, I was terrified for my kids to turn into teenagers. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do with them? I don't know how to do teenagers. Do you have any advice for people either getting into the teenage years or scared with little kids at home of the teenage years? I wish I did. It wasn't until COVID. When COVID is probably what saved my relationship with my oldest daughter. Because, you know, we were headed down just a horrible path. I mean, she was full-on teenager, and I was full-on mean mom, and um, they shut our office down, and I worked from home for six weeks. And we finally, finally got to spend time together. The walls were finally down. You know, I'm sitting in my PJs all day, and <laughs> we're eating popcorn, and, you know, it was exactly what we needed. And our relationship has improved immensely because of it. I may not understand some of the stuff that they decide to do. I don't understand the music they listen to, but at least they still appreciate mine and I'm allowed to listen to mine on occasion. You just got to talk. And sometimes that's the hard part. I love that. And I think, like you said, it's that time, just taking the time to be with them. I love that. I, and I think COVID has been such a blessing for so many people without realizing it, but that time that it kind of forced us to take has been so good. Yeah. I feel like you are such a fun, happy person. What is your philosophy of life to be so happy and fun? I'm a roller coaster. So, I mean, you know, it just, today was an absolute just uh, day at work. So, I mean, you just, it is what you make of it. Mm -hmm. And so I joked with the boss and I told her she owed me and that tomorrow I'm wearing sweatpants to work, and that I'm doing one thing, and then I ain't doing nothing the rest of the day. And she said, okay. <laughs> you earned that. <laughs> okay, so switching gears a little bit, I would love for people to get to know you on a spiritual level as well. Um, do you mind sharing, uh, I feel like everybody has some sort of a conversion story. You're gonna love this. <laughs> So my conversion started in 96. Um, I started dating a guy and had never heard of the church before in my life. We end up um, in Oklahoma and I'm living with him and his parents. And I know nothing. It was like everything about the church was a secret. I'm, ta I'm taking the lessons from the missionaries, but still there are a lot of things. I'm just, it's not getting there. And, um, so we decided to get married. I had no idea why it was such a big thing that we were getting married in the Relief Society room because nobody explained to me that, you know, we were supposed to not be there. We were supposed to be in a temple somewhere because I, you know, there were steps. We didn't cover any of that. So here I am in the Relief Society room getting married and he's not even a member or he's a member, but he's inactive. So that was fun. And still not baptized before this little adventure is over we moved twice ended up in missouri i went through six sets of missionaries and i finally got baptized in 99. okay the reason i got baptized was probably not for the right reasons 
Um, you know, I thought that it was going to, to fix everything that was wrong with my marriage. And that's not why that's, that was not it. And I learned that. And so fast forward to 2015, we're sitting in our house with my new husband in Tennessee and the missionaries knock on my front door. I knew what they were. I seen them walking up the sidewalk. You know, I mean, they're, they're, once you've seen a boy missionary, you've seen a boy missionary, right? So I told my husband, I'm like, you know, if you want to answer the door and talk to him, that's fine. You make this decision. And so he made the decision and, and I, and I guess in my heart of hearts, I always knew that this was the church. I just didn't have the right guy to go to the church with me, if that makes sense. <laughs> so at that time, and two of my three were old enough to take the lessons and get by, uh, baptized as converts. The last one, um, she is actually a child record. She did hers at eight. We sat here, took the lessons, and a year later, we got all of our paperwork together because my oldest daughter, um, she belongs to my husband, which, I mean, we've done all the paperwork. So, I mean, I've had her since she was nine months. She's mine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the church has to keep records. So I had to just show my adoption papers and everything at the temple. Mm -hmm. And she um, came in and we all got sealed together for all time and eternity. And that was just, there wasn't a dry in that room, girl. Oh, it was, oh, there was not enough Kleenex to go around. You know, the husband and I really didn't have a wedding when we got married. So to be able to experience that with him and then get to bring the children in, it was awesome. And then, yeah, and I also, it's really stressed on them. This is how the Lord's plan is, but you know, this is where we're at in our life and the Lord loves us anyway, you know, take it all in and enjoy it because you will not see it again until you get to be of age. That's very cool. Thank you for sharing that. I know that that can be a really personal experience and sometimes tricky <laughs> to share, but I really appreciate you sharing that. It's, it's really beautiful. It's, it's something I'm proud of. We worked, we worked hard to get there. Would you say that was probably the best thing that has ever happened in your life? That one was pretty good. The second, and I mean close second, I played bunco with a bunch of ladies from the church. We had bunco like a couple, I think a couple days before my ceiling. Oh, okay. And they all got together and decided to be sneaky. They turned it into my bridal shower. Oh, that's fun. What would you say is one of the hardest things that you've had to go through? Probably facing what my mother is and, and how she manipulates and not allowing her back in my kids' lives. And in doing that, um, I lost my son to her mm. with my grandson. He lives here. He's six miles from my house. And we haven't seen him in almost two years. But I know deep down that it was for the best for my daughters. That's hard. That's a hard choice to make. I know you mentioned you said you've gone through a divorce. I know that there are people that are facing divorces. And um, there may even be people that are listening that are contemplating. Um, do you have any advice for them or any suggestions for maybe people who aren't married yet of who to choose and anything like that? Don't, don't ever, ever use the kids. The kids didn't do it. The kids didn't make the choice. You, you did it. You've got to be an adult about it. Own your side of it. Mm -hmm. Lying and pointing, it, it doesn't fix anything. And 
finding, I don't know, finding the right one, go with your heart, not your loins. He's cute. You know, he's cute. She's pretty. At some point, she's going to wash her makeup off. And then who do you have? Mm -hmm. At some point, he's going to sit on the couch and eat potato chips. And then what are you getting? Make sure, you know, make sure you love the whole person. Do you have a favorite story from the scriptures or maybe a time when scripture spoke to you in sort of a unique way? Absolutely. Hands down. My favorite story is knowing the ark. And I still get chills every time I see a rainbow because that is heavenly father's guarantee. Just the concept that without any knowledge, we could build this boat big enough. I haven't been to the one in Kentucky, but I want to go. So I can only imagine, given the time frame we're talking about, what they would have, you know, what they must have thought of him. Would you like to know my favorite scripture? I would love to know your favorite scripture. So we've already established that I'm 100 years old. So back in the day, we had records. They were these really large vinyl things. You put them on these machines. It was really super cool. And my grandparents were Nazarene. And I don't know how I ended up with this record. I had to beg, I'm sure, to get my parents, get my mother to buy it for me. And it was a kid's record. And, and I was probably maybe six. The one scripture that was on there, and it was John 14, 2 and 3. I don't know why, but it has stuck with me my whole life. In my father's home are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where you are, uh, excuse me, that where I am, there you may be also. I don't know if it was because my parents were, they were not nice to one another. And just hearing that, knowing that there is a better place, it just always stuck. Do you have a prayer that you feel like was answered just for you? I've made some really, really, really bad decisions for a really long time. So I know it is nothing but the grace of God that I'm alive and I'm here. It may not have been me saying the prayers, but somebody was praying for me. I, said, I was supposed to be here. Heavenly Father has a plan. You're an incredible woman. And we're going to have parties. I'm, I'm the, the event planner. Who <laughs> would plan the parties, right? Yes. <laughs> We know that people bond through food and we're all kind of still segregated a bit with this virus going through. So is there a recipe that you would be willing to share with us that can remind us of you and your family? I have the absolute easiest, hands down, best meatloaf recipe ever. All right, so we got two pounds of burger, a box of stovetop, a cup of water, two eggs, a quarter cup of ketchup, you give it some love, make your whatever shape turns, you know, we use a football kind of thing, mm -hmm. tomato sauce on top, 375 for an hour. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, thank you for giving us a glimpse of what our Heavenly Father and our Savior see in you. Printable recipes from this episode will be posted in the show notes, as well as on our Relief Society social media pages. If you feel inspired to be a guest on Sango Glimpse, or you just think it would be a fun experience, send me an email to sangoglimpse at gmail.com. Our chat will be about an hour from our own homes, and I'll even give you some things to think about before then. 
See you in the next episode.